Good evening. Good evening, everybody. This is Daryl of the Statue Podcast coming to you uh, this Wednesday evening to not really talk about a lot of the basketball stuff, but really just talk about, you know, what's going on with our climate at this time right now. Um, as you may know, uh, a lot of things have gone wrong, going on in the uh, sports world in the wake of some things that's been going on in society. Um, starting off with the, you know, Milwaukee, it all really started with the Milwaukee Bucks deciding to boycott game five versus the Orlando Magic early this afternoon. And with the resolve of that, a lot of things have been going on the throughout the day. Um, the rest of the NBA games, playoff games were canceled. Um, the WNBA canceled all their games for that day. Uh, they have a couple MLB games being canceled, and apparently there's a few soccer games that were going on tonight that have yet to start, so it might be a sign of a protest there. So it seems like it's something going on all over the nation. And, you know, for those who don't really have hindsight on what's going on with the situation, what's causing a lot of things, you know, just a quick uh, recap. A gentleman by the name of Jacob Blake um, was shot by a police officer seven times in the back uh, after a disturbance between two females and the police was called. He assisted with defusing the situation. And then when walking to his vehicle, the cops pursued him, looking like, in a sense, that they were trying to get a hold of him, like arrest him or do something. Cop grabs him at the back of his tank top while he's trying to enter his vehicle and shoots him seven times in his back. Um, sent to the hospital. As far as we know right now, he is still alive, thank God. And he is he's uh, recovering, but possibly could be paralyzed. Um, but, you know, preferably he stays away, he stays alive because he'll at least be able to do something that a lot of uh, other victims in the same situation, unfortunately, were not able to do. And that's be able to tell their story from a firsthand perspective. Um, this happened in a town of Kenosha which is about 45 minutes south of Milwaukee, which uh, is why it hit the Milwaukee Bucks close to home. And uh, if you don't know much about kind of like the segregation setups and, and systematic situations that Milwaukee has, I advise you to Google it, you know, watch a, you know, United Shades of America or something like that to get more of an understanding on how that coincides. And with that being said, a couple of days of protest goes on in that area and then a young man, Kyle Riddinghouse, um, 17-year-old young man, decides to travel from his hometown in Illinois to Kenosha, Wyoming, uh, Wisconsin, and travel with a AR-15 assault rifle and immerse himself within the protesters and proceeds to shoot one of the prote protesters, unfortunately killing them, um, and then tries to make a run for it. After people notify and realize what he was doing, they try to, you know, go after him and subdue him and take away the gun and wait for the police to come. He falls and then proceeds to aim his AR-15 rifle at two people, shooting two people, killing one more and then injuring another. Um, and then the, the crazy thing about it is that afterwards he proceeds to get up and walks towards the police with his hands up as if he knows he, he's surrendering, he's getting ready to get arrested and all these different things. 
and the cops pass him to go towards whatever the situation was and tend to that situation. So he returns to his vehicle and drives home. Uh, as far as I know, I think today he was arrested in his hometown and charged with murder uh, for those two victims. And, and rest in peace and rest in peace to them, um, as well as, you know, pray for a safe recovery for the uh, the third victim that was injured. And it, it has, you know, a lot of people kind of with mixed feelings. It has the, the players, all the athletes, definitely in the NBA and the WNBA within the bubble of just not really sure on what to do. You know, um, the Milwaukee Bucks held a state, they pre uh, presented a statement. Um, there's been a a lot of things going on in the media inside the NBA. Kenny Smith walked off the uh, the state uh, the studio because he felt like he wanted to be in solidarity with the players. Um, everybody's been talking about how they feel and how this is a momentous situation, especially because today marks the fourth year anniversary of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during a preseason game. But it continues to push this conversation on what is next? What is going on? Once again, we have a young black man, 29 years old, same age as me, father of three, I'm a father of four, who is perceived as a threat even when he is walking with his back turned to the officers perceived to be a threat to the point that they shoot him seven times in his back. Whereas there's been situations online where there have been people who have assaulted cops, who've attacked cops, threatened cops that were not people of color, as well as people who have murdered tens, tons and tons of people. And were subdued with more, with more respect and more decency than what Jacob Blake was. And, and for the people that have a hard time understanding why we are frustrated with something like that, you have to think, you really have to sit down and think about it and don't look at it in like another perspective. Just use, look at it in a human perspective. If cops are able to subdue somebody with a loaded gun, loaded assault rifle, and have shot a handful of people, let's say the Parkland shooter, uh, the Aurora, Colorado movie theater shooter, uh, you know, countless other mass shootings as well, and we're able to subdue these killers without any type of issue or incense, knowing that this man, they, those people had weapons that could wipe out cops in an instant. Why is it so hard for these police officers to use that training to try to subdue who they think is being hostile or not listening to them or, or being disrespectful? Why is it so hard? And I think it's really because we're looked at as a threat for whatever reason. We are not looked at as regular human beings. 
And it doesn't matter what who we are as black people. We are seen as threatening. And it's it's unreal. You know, I th- I think of it myself. I think of instances where I was getting pulled over by the police and this happened right in, you know, not too far where I'm from. I mean, where not where I live right now. And getting pulled over by the police for apparently running a stop sign. And for the safety of myself, my wife and my kids and the officer in the car, I decided to slow down, put hazards on and drive to the nearest gas station that was lit, a lit environment where you could see every angle of the car. And I drove slow enough to show that I was not evading the police. I drove under the speed limit with flashers on. I get there. I stop right in the center of the gas station. So it's light. There's nowhere. So everybody can see. And the cop comes up to me. Gun. He didn't have it out, but he had it unbuckled, hand on his holster. Um, ready as if something was going to happen. And all I wanted to do was just give us a lit area to handle whatever the situation may be. Backup got called, all those different things. So, thankfully, he let me go with a warning, let me go with, you know, whatever the deal may be. But, you know, a situation like that could have easily went left because I'm a six foot one, 300 pound black man. I'm not the smallest person in the world. I have a beard, you know, all these different things. Like, I could look intimidating to somebody, even if. I am not being intimidated at all. I can look intimidating, unfortunately, in a shirt and a tie to some people. But that shouldn't be something that we're concerned about with the people who take an oath to to protect and serve, you know. And a couple things really just goes through my mind with everything. The big thing is just really if somebody or if there are people out there and there are people out there. Unfortunately, there's people on my Facebook page who, you know, I I known throughout the years or have been acquaintances with and stuff like that, who still don't see why we feel the way we do, why we say black lives matter, why we emphasize the importance of defunding and reallocating those funds from the police, then I just feel like you're purposely ignorant to what the situation is. You're allowing your political views, you're allowing your religious views, you're allowing your own stubbornness and pride to not allow you to look at your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your relatives and see that they're struggling. And we're struggling with this internally because we know we can't sit out there and, you know, we can't take a sick day from work because we're struggling with what's going on with this. We know we can't, you know, seek a half day or or work from home day for any of those things. We know we can't miss virtual school because of these things. 
But, you know, you if you can't see why we're struggling, understand what's going on, then you're just blatantly not doing it because of ignorance. And for those same people who will sit there and say, oh, you're worried about police brutality, but Chicago has such a high murder rate. Um, these inner cities have such a high crime rate and murder rate against their own people. Yes, that's true. But that does not justify an unarmed man doing nothing wrong to have a gun taken out on him and shot multiple times on the brink of death and the countless others who have been shot and killed all the way back to Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell. And that's almost that's 20 years ago. And who knows even before that time. That's like sitting, that's like sitting there and your parents punish you and, and prevent you or, or have this stigma on how you are as a person just because you have a cousin that's your age that's bad and getting in trouble. You got a cousin that's bad and getting in trouble due to their circumstances. And because of that, your parents don't believe a single thing you do and always jump to a conclusion and will punish you before finding out the truth. That would be if that's a small, small microcosm based on what we're talking about. But if you didn't like that growing up or you wouldn't have liked that growing up, then how can you expect these sa- the same thing to be justified for these people, for us, for my people? So really, we're just we're just so we don't know. Like it's, it's a mixture of being drained and tired and and frustrated and and trying our best not to be defeated. But it's tough. It is really tough to know where we can go with this. Where can we go? What's the next step? You know, we've it's only been a couple months since the whole world saw George Floyd die at on die at the knee of a police officer. And for another police officer, one state over from where this happened, to not be able to give any type of grace or leniency or or a different perspective and let off seven shots in a man's back while his children were in the car. That just speaks volumes on how we're looked at. That speaks volumes on how your friends are looked at, how your neighbors are looked at, your relatives are looked at, your church members are looked at, your coworkers are looked at. It speaks volumes. And it's one of those things that you expect. it's It's so frustrating because this time with all the political stuff going on, that, you know, people are so concerned on whether they're blue or red, whether they're left or right, whether they're conservative or liberal, to not acknowledge what's right and what's wrong. Not acknowledge that that police officer used unnecessary force. But will sit there and say, I 100% back the police. And, you, and how that comes off as, it comes off as saying, I back them regardless of what they do. We're not sitting there saying, you know, don't back the police at all. 
Back the good cops. Back the cops that do the right thing. Back the cops that will stand up to those police officers and say you were wrong and you should be handled accordingly. Those are the ones you need to back. Don't sit there and back the whole police force where there's raw, and you know for a fact there's bad apples in there. It's, it, it's so interesting that people are more concerned about where they fall in their social, social setup or social status that they're will, or, or economic status that they're willing to, in their minds, try to justify something like that happening. And, you know, it's one of, this, this is one of the things you just, I mean, you got to pray for everyone involved. And, but not only just pray, you know, put in action with it. You know, pray that Jacob comes through and comes through strong and he's able to use his voice um, for the many that are voiceless and unfortunately can't speak on their accounts firsthand. You know, I honestly, I pray for the young man, Kyle. I mean, whatever rhetoric and whatever, whatever he was consumed in that he believed was right and he believed was valid to go across state lines with a assault rifle underage that he did not, that, that was illegal for him to use and take the lives of two individuals that he is able to see and have the guiding light that that was wrong and that, you know, he was wrong for what he did. And whoever can sit there and support that young man in what he did, like support what he did, you are wrong too. You are part of the problem. And you are somebody that needs to look at yourself in the mirror and figure out what's wrong with yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I know I'm coming to y'all tonight where, you know, we could be talking about the playoffs. We could be talking about, you know, the, the two games that went on that passed that, uh, I mean, that already went on to the next round, the, the Celtics and the Raptors, we could be doing all these things, talking about good stuff, but you know, it's another, another day, another, another situation for black folks where we're trying to just really comprehend, will we ever be seen as equal? Will we ever be seen as human? Will we ever be seen as more than just athletes and entertainers and and just, you know, and, and looked at as people and equal individuals? So for my people of color, I'm, I mean, I feel you, I understand. I mean, we're all confused and, and hurt and, and we all have the same feelings. So yes, I feel how you feel. For the people who are not a people of color, who are listening to this, please reach out. If you are really supportive, reach out to your 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 colleagues and people that you know that are that could be affected by this and just hear them out and hear their perspectives. Even if you're not too sure where you want to stand on it, the least you can do is listen. Don't just go off of what you hear from a news channel or what you hear from your Facebook friends or what you see and all those different things. Talk to, you know, talk to someone of color that you know and just say, hey, what am I not understanding? Have you ever experienced these things? Have you ever gone through these situations? And how does this make you feel? I guarantee 
if you actually go towards go to that with an open heart, it will completely change your perspective. I guarantee it. So that's about it of my my rant and how I feel. Um, pray that everybody stays safe, stay smart, um, and hopefully we get uh, results on what's going to happen with the league. Apparently they're having meetings. They're going to have meetings to discuss what the next steps are. And, and we see what's going on in a perfect world. We want basketball to go on again. But then, honestly, I can understand if they decide not to. So we'll just see that, uh, you know, the, the right voices are guided in the right direction. And we'll be talking to them. Take care.